everybody, and welcome to another episode of Middle of the Road, the podcast. This week, we are flashing back again, because it's all we do right now. I mean, not with the most, like, most of the recent releases you've had have not been flashbacks. <laughs> that's that's true. The bonus episodes, they're still, you're gonna... But from have, now on! one more <laughs> new release that isn't, uh, we haven't put out yet, but expect a lot of this flashbacks as we're we just found out over in california we're locked down for another month uh, or so but there are going to be better movies um coming out i imagine in the coming uh there's got to be a good new release somewhere in there so we might get some of those but right now we're continuing the uh flashback trend so yeah we are doing robert zemeckis's castaway from 2000 the stars tom hanks from Forrest Gump, and uh, mostly just Tom Hanks. And Wilson, how Helen dare Hunt you? And Wilson. <laughs> Nick Searcy. Um, pop up. But I remember I remember this movie getting a lot of hype when it came out. I remember seeing it like the first weekend and enjoying it and stuff. But um, I don't know. Did everybody have a positive feeling about this movie? I'm assuming this was nobody's first watch, right? Mm-mm. Yeah, I, I had seen it before. Yeah. Yeah, okay. But John picked it for us, so we're going to let him tell us why this movie was selected for us, and then we can dive into how the movie plays 20 years later. I th- I think one of the reasons why I suggested this movie or I picked this movie was because I remember when I saw it, it was a movie, I had a bunch of cousins and extended cousins and extended family uh, visiting in St. Louis at the time, and... We wanted to do just like a like a movie night or whatever, and we didn't know what to rent. And I, I think I don't know how we landed on it, but someone suggested Castaway, and this had this had been like when it had just like recently been released onto DVD or video or whatever. And I just remember of all of us there who were watching, we all had such a strong reaction to it, which was which is just interesting considering the diversity of. My cousins and extended cousins and that sort of thing. I mean, everyone loves Tom Hanks. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> I think also part of me, yeah, part of me just had a strong visceral reaction to it and almost felt like, like I, I, at the time I remember thinking this, and this is hyperbole and this hasn't held up since, but there will never be like a movie better than this necessarily. Like that's how strong of a reaction I had to it. Strong of a personal reaction. And... I also think on a second watch, though, I one of the feelings that was getting brought back was this idea of just island life, quote unquote. And I remember my parents and my uncles like watching it with us, and specifically like the coconut part, and being like, huh, "That's that's a foolish way to go about doing it," and just <laughs> thinking like, "Oh yeah, my parents would know how to like." deal with like fresh coconuts right off the tree and so yeah i don't know i think why are they judging him let him learn <laughs> i i wouldn't have figured, figured yeah i out. would have probably gone through a similar i would have system. died day one <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't have even made it to the <laughs> island yeah true i think uh just with the history of colonization and oppression give my parents this one all right (laughs) but yeah so i think there is there is a strong visual reaction to it there is the aspect of seeing how much it related to my parents and then also just the general aspect of survivalism 
shows like Lost or The Walking Dead kind of hit on that nerve for me as well. And I just, it was something where I, I just found myself enthralled and engaged like all the way through. Now? Yes, same, <laughs> except it went a lot faster than I realized. Like for whatever reason, and this movie's not short. It's, it's like two hours, 20 minutes? Yeah, but it just, and I don't know if that's something where maybe I wasn't, paying as much attention because it was a second watch through or something but like it just it felt a lot more streamlined and aerodynamic than i remember it felt more contemplative and more meditative yeah i think the gimmick of the movie has faded away i mean the movie was sold as tom hanks lost all this weight and that that, that it's all him this whole time and and that is still works in this movie but i don't know if this movie gets enough credit for just how like much of a bummer it is <laughs> in a good way like it's not it's it's not bad it's like it's like real nothing positive happens in this movie <laughs> yeah i'd completely forgotten about the hanging himself part of this movie it's like oh yeah. that's super dark <laughs> yeah i yeah that conversation was like jesus christ <laughs> that uh that took a that took a really nasty turn that i had also completely forgotten about I would kind of slightly disagree with John on the pacing bit. I think the movie moves appropriately. It doesn't feel fast, but it feels appropriately. Like I've made the argument on here, like sometimes things are boring on purpose. And I wouldn't say this movie's boring ever, but it you feel like the weight of time. Yeah. In the movie, appropriate. Like you're never bored, but you feel that it's you feel that it's taking uh, you're by yourself with him by himself for a long time and that stuff all still really worked for me too but i think and i've always felt this way i perked i started this movie way late it was after midnight i think and i was just like all right i'll put this on and see how much i can watch before i fall asleep to cut some of watching out of it today and i stayed up through the whole time (laughs) and watched the whole thing and like i actively like sat up though I, I think the fa- my favorite part of the movie is the third act of the movie is when he comes back. I think that's I can't the believe there's the still like half an hour when he gets home. <laughs> I think there's a good there's a great scene in that third act, but I think like overall it's it's the stuff in the middle on the island that's the best. I mean, this movie is a Tom Hanks performance vehicle, and that's where we get the most of it. Like he is so fucking good in this movie. I, I think he's best. Um, as he's like slowly like the scene with it's just him with Helen Hunt at the at the late night. But I I think that's his best acting in the whole movie. Yeah, I I would agree with that. But I think like the rest of the like you have that you have the moment with him and Nick Searcy where he's talking about we thought about killing himself. Um, those two scenes are great, but the rest of that back third isn't as impressive as like as hanks just being by himself on the island and you're watching him figure all this shit out and like his his performance is just is so so good i mean this is my favorite tom hanks i was just gonna say i think my favorite section of the movie was actually all the stuff pre-wilson <laughs> but that's me <laughs> No, I mean that's the majority. Wilson's not in the movie as much as yeah. I was think. yeah watching it like, now. Re- I was like, Wilson's overrated. <laughs> <laughs> I I would agree though. Like the Wilson stuff is good, but I think it's also in there the right amount. But, yeah, like, yeah. The first three things anybody would say about Castaway is like plane crash, 
and Tom Hanks gets skinny and Wilson, I would say. You yeah. Know, it's like those those are the three touch points, but Wilson isn't I think he's used appropriately. I, I do remember having the emotional reaction to him. Oh, like when, when he's like almost drowning trying to swim back and then just like profusely yeah. apologizing to Wilson. That that messed yeah, I'm gonna me up. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say he didn't try hard enough to get to Wilson. I'm saying it now. He swam like a baby. <laughs> he was, he, was tr- he had to like no excuse with him. <laughs> <laughs> like where was that whale when he needed him? We kept waking him up. He couldn't bring Wilson back. I haven't I haven't seen every Tom Hanks movie, but out of all the ones I've seen, this is my favorite performance of his except for Saving Private Ryan. I think he's just so good in this movie. One thing that did stick out is I think the first third of the movie might like actively be bad. Yeah, that's what I was um, thinking too. It's like, really not super entertaining. Like the bit where he's again, talking. That's my favorite part of the movie. Well, the bit where he's talking to the. No, no, no. Before the island. Oh, that stuff. Okay. The bit yeah, where yeah, he's yeah. talking to the Russians inside the warehouse and like giving that speech. That was kind of interesting. But the yeah. rest of that stuff, I just didn't care yeah i was just mad at him because he he shipped an alarm clock in that like baseball bat box it's like no wonder he lost a whole <laughs> plane of like packages he sucks at his job like the the opening scene like tom hanks does come across like a dick appropriately in that scene mm-hmm. but then it made me think i was like oh are we supposed to think he's kind of a jerk but then it's like tom hanks and you can't well i think i think you're you supposed to think get there with him. i think you're supposed to think he's so focused on the job like he's not a jerk yeah but he's just i like, guess it's, so yeah and he's trying to be there. The just a ca- he he's just a play. capitalist zach <laughs> which so in other words he's a jerk fedex paid how much to be in this movie that's what uh, i want to know none. like None. No, oh like beforehand, they weren't asked to be in it. They didn't pay to be in it. It was just like eventually, mm. this movie was actually good for them though. Like I think I read somewhere that like application job applications went up like thirty percent after this movie. <laughs> they I, wonder, the crash I wonder. I wonder. Yeah, you think it'd be the opposite. <laughs> I wonder if they started putting those angel wings on the on some of their packages or something. That would have been cool. <laughs> um, the plane crash sequence I remember being better. It's still good. I think it like it comes and out of nowhere. Like that initial jolt where he's just in the bathroom and then like holding on yeah. for dear life. That was like that was really well done. Like holy shit. Okay, we're doing like, this. Like it's still it's still well edited and everything, but it feels so small. And it's interesting that Zemeckis probably feels the same way cuz he revisited the plane crash in Flight with Denzel Washington. Do you ever see that movie? Which I think is not the best movie. But he not. like goes all in on like using every like Michael Bay, like Michael Bay to make that plane, plane crash, crash. kind of. <laughs> no, it's still like subdued and well done and tense. Realistic. And, but it just, you can, you can just tell that he has, you could tell the, 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 his toys had caught up to him here. He was like, I, I think, need to do this uh, better than I did last time. Yeah. Cause I think again, not holding it against the movie, but. Like Zemeckis was one of the people who was really pushing the technology uh, in the '90s, uh, like CGI and all that stuff. But it it doesn't quite. I, I could feel it here a couple times. Again, didn't hurt the movie, but I bet he totally feels handcuffed by the technology of the time for what he would have really wanted to do. 
but I mean, it was still a fact. Like I felt my my own sense of anxiety and uh, nervousness uh, dr- drastically elevated during that that part. Again, I think the part works. I'm just saying you can. I can. It, it felt like while I was watching it, I was like, I bet you Zemeckis was not as happy with this as he could have, based, especially knowing the film work that he eventually did. I also, if if I could go back and push back a little, I think the latter yeah. third of this movie, surprisingly, the essentially the, uh, the the falling action, if you will, I actually found it just as engrossing because it almost... No, I, I, I agreed with you. I, I think it's the best I part disagree. of the movie. I disagree. I think, yeah, you gotta go against Lauren and I on this one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because I, I think watching Tom Hanks now be a fish out of water back in society and you you can see his it, – it's so subdued and it's so subtle, but it's so effective and it's so evocative. Um, even like the scene where he's walking around his apartment after the party and he's looking at – can't believe they gave him seafood. <laughs> and the lighter. And then – to him spending the night on the floor and just like changing the light on and off. It. I also I, I remember distinctively in that scene in the kitchen where he's talking to Helen Hunt, and they're talking about the Tennessee Titans. I remember my dad like she mentions the Super Bowl, and my dad like yells, he's like, "Ah, oh, that was against St. Louis. St. Louis beat them," and he was so excited about that part. No, people <laughs> cheered in the theater when I saw the movie. We, Sa- Sa- wait, I, when I did saw this movie, movie come out? 2000? It came yeah. out the year after okay, that yeah, Super right Bowl. After yeah. yeah, I don't know. For me, the back part of the movie, it's like the speech he has about hanging himself wasn't necessary because we already got all that information Agreed. from him talking to Wilson. Um, I didn't really care for a lot of the stuff with Helen. I mean, I it was necessary, but I felt like it went on too long. And the only thing, honestly, I cared the most about at the end of the movie was him delivering the package but like mm-hmm. the hopeless romantic in me likes how the movie ended because it was like oh he she saved her not really that package didn't save him whatever but it's like but i would have honestly rather had him actually deliver it to where it was supposed to be going and not back to who shipped it because <laughs> like that would have been the perfect ending for this movie yeah that that was interesting about the hanging and the suicide part i actually i appreciated the come back to it because he yeah he mentions it with Wilson and yeah I guess it's kind of understood but I loved the exposition about like what led him up to that moment because then it for it fully supported the overall point that was trying to be made in that scene as to well why did he keep living why did he choose and decide to well according to the end of this movie there's two different reasons it's like in that speech, he says Helen Hunt was the reason he lives. But then the next scene, he's writing this pack letter on the package saying the package is the reason he stayed alive. So make up your mind, Tom Hanks. <laughs> well, I think I think it's more of just the the idea of the general the possibility of tomorrow and not knowing what will happen tomorrow and I mean, embracing that mystery <laughs> as like a gift and maybe. And maybe that's what that uh, that package represent to him. If he kept it a mystery, then he doesn't know, and he has something to look forward to. Um, I don't know how he didn't open all of those packages immediately. He waited <laughs> days to do it. John, I would, I'm gonna, I would push a little bit. Like I agree that 
I, I, I like what you were saying. Like, you've got to get into his headspace a little bit. But I also think that scene is all too expository, especially after watching the brilliant subtlety of the Helen Hunt s- sequence, like, slowly build on both sides as they just get to that moment. Like, he's 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 spelling out things a little bit too mm-hmm. much. I wish it was a little bit more subtle. And that's why I don't think that scene works as well. And I'm more on Lauren's side. But I also, it you it's there so we know... Like, he's moving on past every, you know, like, he's getting it all out there. I, I get the point of it, but it does feel a little redundant and a little long and unnecessary. Oh, I um, just, I don't know. I disagree. I remember being, so, at like, when I saw this when I was much younger, I remember being so thoroughly appreciative that this scene was all one cut and it was focused on Tom Hanks. And it was, because it made me think about just... It created some sympathy, I think, or it created some empathy for the character, and, and this idea of like, yeah, if you were if you were having a drink with your buddy who had gone through a traumatic event or ordeal, you're just gonna like sit down, shut up, and let them like say Vent. whatever they yeah. need to, yeah. And I think it was just a deeply human moment in that for me. Um, I love the line where he goes, I, "I'm here." I have ice and I was just, it was just, I don't know, uh, another simple, like sort of, uh, signal of how appreciative he is of what he has now. See, in the back of my mind, I was like, Tom Hanks, stop complaining about not having your girlfriend anymore. His wife died. <laughs> but I think that's, what's great too. Cause their first interaction, the first interaction we see when they get back is like, Nick Searcy's kind of like, you know, here's here's the plan, here's how it's going to work, and then we're going to take you to uh, to Helen Hunt. And he's just like, I wasn't here when you needed me when your wife passed away, and I'm sorry. So it's the sad, it's the sad moment, because you can tell, like... And it's also a direct juxtaposition to the moment before when he doesn't even think to bring it up with him. And he has to, like, kind of recover after and he's uh, like, yeah. the co-captain or co-pilot, like, has this very human moment asking him about it. And so it's it shows – it's another – it's another way in which it shows just the transformation of Tom's uh, Tom Hanks's character, and it's but it's one of those ones you could tell he always he always cared about his friend, but he was not like he didn't he didn't value how important he was in a sense. Yeah, I like how Ben knows who that guy's name is. Well, he's he was he was in Justified. He was in. Uh, Three billboards outside Emmy, Missouri. I mean, those are... I mean, I recognize him. I've just never known him. He's a that guy to me. So, it sounds like this movie still works for everybody. And and it it works besides the... the, I mean, it works less for some... The the non-gimmicky, air quotes, part of the movie works better for some of us than others. But I just... I think Zemeckis and... Could this movie work with... What other actors could have pulled off the Hanks bit in the middle, like by himself? Because to be, which I think is really good, but I think I honestly like I would take All Is Lost, the Redford J.C. Chander movie from a few. Like I think that does like the guy by himself solving problems even more interesting. I bet Russell. I bet Russell Crowe could do me. it really well. Terry Crews, no. <laughs> Russell Crowe would be too angry. I think. I mean, yeah, you. 
I'd be angry if I was stuck on a fucking island by myself for five years. Yeah, but you have to have... You, I don't know if you could get to the calmness that... Like, there's an intensity to Crow that I don't know. I I think he could do it. I think Brad Pitt could do it. Brad Pitt's almost too chill. No, but I think he has... He, you get distracted because he he'd have his shirt off and you'd be like, oh my god, it's Brad Pitt without a shirt. I think Brad Pitt... The, thing, the reason why Tom Hanks works so well in this is because, one, you have Tom Hanks as kind of a lovable, relatable person. It allows you to put yourself in his shoes, though. His, his everyman quality lets you be. Like, if it's like Russell Crowe or Brad Pitt hulking out and, like, this is, we're talking about 2000s Russell Crowe, not um, the more, you know, like they, they, they're like bigger manly dudes. I think the Tom Hanks of it all makes it more relatable. Well, he's, yeah, he's so more like, sure. he's like a white bread kind of guy. Like he's not mm-hmm. like a hardcore or I guess, yeah, the intensity, you're right, I guess. I could still see Russell Crowe doing it. Just saying. I mean, Russell Crowe can be subtle. I like the insider. He's great. He's a great everyman in that movie. Um, I also think Joaquin Phoenix and or Mel Gibson could also do this. Mm, Good choices. Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson's a good actor. Mel Gibson. He's a good actor. As much as like we don't stand Mel Gibson anymore, he he could totally do this. No, I mean, I I I put a I put a Mel Gibson movie in my top ten last year, but. We don't have to bring him up if we don't want to have him to. No, I think, but I think, it, like, Mel Gibson is the type, he... He's not an everyman, though, is he? He can. Oh, he can be. Dude, what women want? Another Helen Hunt classic? <laughs> okay, I think we're stretching the, the the fallibility or the believability of the word classic with what I women still, want. I think but... he has a bigger personality. I think he does, especially with, like, and not just what women want, but, like, you look at Lethal Weapon and some other stuff. I think he has, he has that everyman-ness, but then he also has the serious poignancy that we've seen in, like, maybe Braveheart, Braveheart. or uh, Signs. I don't know if he has the subtlety, The Patriot. Though. Yeah, so... It's interesting that you're all um, mentioning, we're only mentioning 90s stars, basically, outside Joaquin Phoenix. Jonah Hill in The Castaway. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, out of left field, someone else I think who could do it, Gerard Butler. Just saying. No, again, you're too manly. Yeah, um, Gerard Butler right, can wait, be why, every man. Why are, we, why are we thinking? Why are we thinking about men? What women do we think could fit into this? Well, role? I th- I was just going to ask. I don't know if anybody has. They have they done this movie with a woman? But then I was remembering. Now we've mentioned this guy multiple times on this podcast lately. But J D. Dillard, who has worked on a lot of shows we like, is doing a Star Wars movie. He's writing one. But he also directed Slight, which Ben hated. <sighs> but he did a movie called Sweetheart, which stars Kersey Clemens. And I hear is really good. It's on Netflix. It came out last year. And the premise is Jen has washed ashore at small tropical island. It doesn't take her long to realize she's alone. And then shit happens. I think there's a supernatural element to this. But I've heard Ooh. nothing but good things. Maybe we should review that and throw it up at the castaway at some point. Um, we should all watch Sweetheart, but outside Sweetheart, can anybody think? Guys. Yeah. <laughs> what about a uh, What about Rob Lowe? I guess Gravity is this movie, right? The similar premise. Yeah. Like that's the 
a, a woman having to kick ass and yeah i mean sandra bullock it's, it's, could, do, it's could totally do castaway i think sandra Wait. bullock is a great every woman um comparison there claire foy um, claire foy she'd be good betty gilpin um uh, she's too tough <laughs> for watching the hunt you'd be like oh she's just gonna kick ass and take names on this island um she'll just like chudo chop the coconuts doesn't even need tools just like <laughs> bam with the hand i'm gonna have to watch sweetheart tonight to double up with this uh... olivia coleman and it's only 82 <laughs> minutes guys i could um she would be like super uh... sassy to the coconuts <laughs> She just say all oh, sorts Emma of unkind Stone, things. Obviously, about Emma Stone. Mm, She's one of those bigger personality people for me. Yeah, <laughs> I th- and I think she'd have to she'd have to put humor like too much humor into it. I think like I'd, I'd I think you are though. doubting <laughs> the prowess of my girl Emma Stone right now, and I am not here for it. Charlize Theron. One other bit. She could do nope, it. Too tough. <laughs> ben is always going for the tough people. Because well, you got to be kind of tough to survive a fucking. Tom Stranded. Hanks survived. You don't. Nobody thinks Tom Hanks is. I tough. would see Lupita Nyong'o do it. Ooh, Lupita Nyong'o, that'd be good. Oh hell yeah! Fuck, what was I gonna say? No idea. Oh, one bit that also kind of rubbed me the wrong way about this rewatch was just how like he didn't die of infection ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was what I thought when he's like yeah, cutting that's himself. Salt water. Yeah, when he cuts himself, <laughs> when he cuts himself to put the blood to like repaint Wilson, I was just like, "Oh man, that's like <laughs> out here, dude. That's such a bad call." I don't know what it is, but something about people getting injured on coral is one of the most like painful things for me to witness ever. <laughs> also, that thing, the oh, the skate in the mouth is about as bad as the curb stomping in American history. Oh. He he should have ripped his cheek <laughs> wide open doing that. <laughs> what about the um? So, and the thing about the coral, too, isn't the thing about coral, like, doesn't it burn, too? Like, like certain corals? It's supposed, like it's supposed to be really bad. Yeah. Enemies. Enemies. No, but certain no, but corals, coral coral is poisonous like, germs, as well. Or is that something else I'm thinking of? I feel like that wound should have been much worse than it was, is all I'm saying. Yeah, like, the fact he was able to, like, you know, live is pretty, <laughs> yeah. pretty miraculous. <laughs> all of the, like, little nods to, like, like oh is he gonna get like the callbacks i guess you know like the swiss army knife like they make a big deal about it when he gets his keys back and and then he didn't keep it (laughs) but then didn't keep his keys in the beginning yeah Yeah, it was like take that 127 hours and then he didn't keep it (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah 227 hours does that too i guess oh i guess franco could have done this as well See, he's, I don't know, so many of these choices, I just see, they seem too smiley to me. <laughs> Seth Rogen. I just, I don't know, I feel like a lot of these people would overdo it, like you, someone was saying about comedy, and not, they wouldn't, like, be as calm with it, I don't think. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, I would kill to see Danny McBride, just like, fucking coconuts, this is <laughs> bullshit! Just Will Ferrell. <laughs> I was about to say Will Forte. <laughs> <laughs> I think what we settled on is that Tom Hanks was the yeah, perfect person. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but I was pleasantly surprised and happy that it still held up mm-hmm. so well. I think my favorite part of the movie was actually just, like, day one, he's already going crazy, just screaming, what is that out into the forest <laughs> with the coconuts <laughs> falling? 
I love that was great though. Like the way he was looking yeah. over the shot where he's like peering over at night. That was really well done. My favorite bit is like when he's like, "I have made fire," and he kind of turns around. It's like has that moment of like, "Oh yeah, there's nobody else here." <laughs> I thought he, I thought he was gonna do like a caveman growl at one point. <laughs> he was so he, he was so excited that he got that he made fire. Honest question for you guys: Four years yes. on island life, would you still be trying to make any semblance of clothing to wear? No. Probably but not. You probably need I don't, to protect I'm not even things down there. Yeah, right now. <laughs> Jesus. I I don't I don't know how much um hair you could grow down there to protect things. <laughs> so you'd have to. I don't want to. I don't want to have something. this discussion. Let's move on. Speak, also, speaking as someone of island descent, you also don't. It's a sun. You don't want to get sunburned down there either. This is fair. <laughs> oh. Oh God. Oh, that just sounds. Fuck, why would you put that in my brain? <laughs> hey, hey, Ben, have you heard the thing that was happening like a month or two ago with people like burning their buttholes? <laughs> why? <laughs> what? Just spreading your cheeks out to the sun. Uh, what yeah, the fuck? Yeah, a lot of men were spread, spreading wide and doing it. It became a thing. <laughs> but who? what's her face? Uh, who's the... Shailene Woodley was, was a big uh, supporter of uh, sunning your vagina. <laughs> Like, did Goop create that? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I love that there was some tw- or a tweet recently. It's like waiting to hear Goop's response to the coronavirus. <laughs> um, I think that's going to do it for Castaway. Yeah, lots of positive things to say about this. I, as I've been editing them, I think we've bashed the last two movies I edited. So <laughs> next week, we are flashing back to 2000 again for Sofia Coppola's The Virgin Suicides. Another uplifting her, movie. Uh, it, it it is until it isn't. Um, the <laughs> oh boy. The, this is her feature debut. She had done a short or two before this, but uh, Sofia Coppola quickly became one of my fave directors. I enjoy all of her movies quite a lot, but I think this might be my favorite of her still. It's this or Lost in Translation, but um, yeah. Has anybody seen Virgin Suicides? Yet? Um, I did, but a long, long time ago. John Ben. I'm, I'm neither a virgin nor have committed suicide. Not the question, but glad to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, this is an adaptation of, I can't think of the guy's name, but it follows... Um, Jeffrey Eugenides? Eugenides, yeah, yeah. I don't know how to pronounce that. And it follows a family um, of girls. I believe there's four, five of them. They're under strict rule at their house by uh, their mother, who's very religious, and it's got a great cast, including uh, Kirsten Dunst, Josh Hartnett, uh, Josh Hartnett, <laughs> Danny DeVito, Kathleen Turner's the mom, uh, James Woods, who's an awful human being and is one of the worst people on the internet now, um, is actually incredible in this movie, though. So I will give him his due, even though if I don't like him now because he's a he's a Mel Gibson <laughs> He might be worse. <laughs> yeah, and what's his face? Isn't Justin? Oh, the guy—the guy that was in the the bad guy in Charlie's Angels, the new one, the henchman dude. He's in this movie as a kid. I was gonna say, I can't remember what his name is, but oh, Hayden Christensen's in this for two seconds. Yeah, but um, Virgin Suicides. I love this movie. So um, get some Sofia Coppola in your life. Come back next week for another flashback. Uh, until then, I'm Zach Goldenberg. You can find me wherever you can find at Zach Goldenberg. And you can find us at uh, middleofrow.com. Rate and review the podcast. 
It apparently helps things. I'm Ben Grigsby. You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at the Grigsby Bear. And you can find all of us on Facebook at Middle of the Row. Jonathan Rahul, you can follow me on Twitter at Another Rahul J. You can also follow us on Twitter at Middle of Row. And I'm Lauren Heimbaugh. You can find me on Twitter at Beware of Trees. And you can find us on Tumblr at middleofrow.tumblr.com. Thanks for listening. Go watch The Virgin Suicides. And remember, the best seats are in the middle of the row.